while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. And I'm Chris McCarthy. Uh, we've got a good show ahead for you this evening. Uh, we've got Fire Union President Kevin Gonzalez at 8 o'clock. We'll obviously be talking about um, uh, Burgo, Burgo's uh, rent uh, sta- control stabilization. Uh, tomato, tomato. Burgo's rent stabilization. Um ballot question I thought, uh, I thought you had a wonderful interview with him look i, I think the, i thought i did I, too. I think he's wrong but I, I think he's got a lot of courage and um probably should have looked before he leaped he's but going to be moving a big uh conversation forward um i know there's a lot of cities in in the commonwealth that are talking about this now but we're actually joined now by our friend your friend state rep chris Hendricks. hey hey chris hey chris hey guys what's hey, going on are thanks for having me again uh, yeah anytime so, Chris, um, Chris Hendricks, Rep. Hendricks, there are way too many Chris's. There are. Rep. Hendricks, have I, you I, considered... I we should do a, we should do a Chris stabilization. I was listening to your segment with Chris Markey and uh, uh, Senator Montigny. Yeah. I was... Uh, I, 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 I thought the same thing. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I, so you're... Have you considered changing your name? <laughs> no. <laughs> What if we just call no. you Hendricks? Hendricks. That's good. Hendricks. What do we call you? And then, and then eventually Jimmy. Jimmy. So we're talking to yeah, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. It's the first time I've heard that joke. I actually have a, a distant cousin named Jimmy, from what I'm told. Oh. Jimmy Hendricks. you got to get an X in your name, brother. Yeah. So um, anyway, hey, uh, so Chris, Representative Chris Hendricks, uh, we, we originally had you on because there seemed to be some confusion. There were some members in the municipal government that... Um, uh, didn't know what they were talking about. It seemed right. Um, so they were uh, they were saying that it was on the it was the state's fault that the Tabor Mill polling place, which used to be in the actual Tabor Mill um, uh, living facility, got moved, uh, and they blamed it on the state. But apparently, that wasn't the case. Can you explain? Uh, sure, Marcus. I you know I it, this is an issue that first off. I don't think it's appropriate to point any fingers. You know, no one should be pointing um, any fingers. It's not really the state's fault. I don't think it's the city's fault. Um, I think, if anything, it's it's just um, the fault of the pandemic and and the timeline that um, all parties had in in redoing the line. So in a normal world, as I'm sure you know, but for the edification of the audience, um, in a normal world, absent the pandemic, absent late census numbers, every 10 years, the the district lines and legislative district lines and the city precinct lines are redrawn. That's just state law. That's nationwide. Yeah. Um, so normally in that process, the city would draw the precincts first. Okay. And then after that is done, the state would then draw the legislative districts based on the new city precinct lines. 2020 
2022 was a different type of year because we had late census numbers because of the pandemic. And therefore, the state legislative lines were drawn first. And then the city had the difficult task of drawing the precinct lines therein um, and making sure that those lines don't um, deviate too much from the state legislative lines. Because if they do, that means um, they would be sub-precincts. So, I, so the goal of the city at that point, um, after the state lines were drawn, was to cut up the, the city precinct lines in the most efficient way. And I think, quite frankly, they did a good job at cutting um, cutting the lines for the precincts. Um, I think the first draft that they had had something like 13 or 14 sub-precincts, and now we only have about five. Um, so certainly it's not ideal to have sub-precincts, meaning that, you know, certain represent, state representatives share a, 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 a precinct, which me and Tony do. We share two, and then I also share one with Bill Strauss. Um, so, so that's the process. Um, in, in where we had trouble, in, in where, what made it a difficult job for the city, and I certainly don't envy the city officials, Manny DiBerto, the Elections Commission, for the job they had to do. Um, where they had difficulty um, was, you know, they only had a week or so to do it um, after the legislative lines were drawn. Um, and because of that, you know, the polling locations have to, had to be shifted a bit, uh, wherein we got this problem where... Um, in Tabor Mills Apartments, they had to take that as a polling place out of for those folks and make it a polling place for people in another two precincts, which was 3C and 2A. So, but this was a problem. I mean, Tabor Mill was a, a, a pretty high turnout um, relatively to the extent that there is high turnout. No, no, that was always a great place. And if I, if I could say anything... And, of course, Chris has been very helpful with my, uh, you know, current disability, I guess permanent disability. Um, if, there's a, if there's one thing I got out of this as a positive is that I understand what people who are, uh, I got old before my time, so could the difficulty that people have in move, movement and moving around and things like that. So when I see it snows outside, I think of the people at Tabor Mills who now can no right. longer go right downstairs and, and, and do their voting, yeah. who now have to travel to another location. Probably, I... I mean, really, I'm very empathetic to that because I'm in the same position. Sure. Um, so is there anything the city could have done better? Let's face it. I get it. We can all blame the pandemic. But the pandemic isn't the one that can make any changes for us, right? Are right. there any well, human point, beings no. involved in this decision, Chris, that could have well, done yeah, so, otherwise? I mean, so the elections, so, you know, basically that's the, that's the history that I laid out. Um, again, so, so the problem is, um, it, and it's kind of ironic because Tabor Mills is still a polling place. It's not for those folks who live therein, which is kind of even more frustrating, right? Um, so, so the law states you Wait have to a have second. one. Do you mean that people from out of Tabor Mills can vote there, yes. but people from Tabor Mills can't vote there? Yes, that's that's why that's why this is such an issue. <laughs> oh my so, lord! So, so does anyone in the city states, know this? Oh, they, they yes. I mean, everyone's aware of this problem. Well, do they have any control over it? This seems like a human thing. So listen. So when it comes to it's not an act of God. Lines, when it comes to precinct lines and it comes to actual physical location of voting places, that's an entirely city decision. Okay, okay that ultimately that has to be approved by the Secretary of State. But as far as um, 
But the Secretary uh, but, of State wouldn't have any any reason. They, they rubber stamp, basically. Yeah. They, they basically rubber stamp it, correct. Okay. So yeah. it's ultimately uh, a decision of city officials. And again, no one's putting blame. No oh, one's I will. I'm just stating facts here. I will. Um, You're not. So, so right. the law states, the law states that, you know, you have to have one voting place in each precinct. Okay, so we have, I think, what, 36 precincts in New Bedford, so 36 polling locations. Some of those locations have, you know, served two precincts. Um, so, so the law states you have to have it inside of a precinct. If mm-hmm. for some reason that's not convenient to have a, a polling location in a specific precinct, it has to be in an adjacent precinct. Okay, um, and so that's what um, that's what's been done with two A. Okay, so two A, for example, those folks who live in two A don't have a polling place. When they want to vote physically, they have to go to Tabor Mills Apartments, which is in three the 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 east, far east side of 3D, okay? Um, and so that's the problem, right? So so the people who vote, the people who live in Tabor Mills have to go to a different precinct. Oh, that's infuriating. This is infuriating. Who live in 2A do. This is infuriating. Correct. I mean, it is. It's, it's a frustrating process for sure. Um, so, but there are, there are a number of things being kicked around on how to solve this. Um, and again, you know, the lo- physical location of the polling place is in- entirely up to the city. If they if they found they found something more convenient, they could but, but the, the city is tomorrow. All right, Chris. But let let's be honest. When you say the city, you mean the city elections officials? Correct. It's not the city like a cushion app. It's a human being who works for the city. Yeah. Well, Manning DeBrito, as you know, is okay. is, in, is is the the head of the elections commission. Okay. So and listen, like I said, I don't envy his uh, his task that he had to do here, and he had to do it on a, on a short amount of time. Why was he drafted, or did he take the job voluntarily? Uh, I don't recall. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, right. Go ahead. So in, in any event, it, it, it's it, it's a difficult thing because look, the people who live in 3D, that's a big precinct, okay, physically, geographically. Um, those folks have to go to 3E to vote at um, uh, the holy name of the Secret Hot on on Mount Vernon Street. Okay, but Mount Vernon, but that location is in 3E. But for, for everyone in 3D who have to vote at holy name, it's, it's a pretty convenient location aside from the Tabor Mills apartments, and that's where the problem runs. Um, so, you know, this is... Um, but what, but, but, but what we're trying to figure out here is I uh, understand, you know, there's D, E, F, and, and that's, you know, there's, there's you know, people got to go here and there. But what we're trying to understand is the elections commissioner said on the air, talk to the delegation. It's on them. The city councilors, uh, council, the city council president and the new Ward 3 councilor said they were going to work with the elections commissioner to work with the state because apparently... It was on you guys. It was on the state delegation, according no, to the no, elections no, no. commissioner. That, that, that's now, that is all. So that, what you're saying is either A, a lie, or B, just a complete mistake of fact. Well, I, I don't want to speak to anyone's intentions when they were talking in the past, but I will say it is the up to city officials to draw the precinct lines and the polling locations. We have no control over that, over that as, as state legislators. Absolutely no control. Now, you can say the state does because, like you said, the, the secretary of state does have to rubber stamp these um, 
you know, these decisions. But ultimately, so long as they're, you know, yeah, but, uh, but Bill Galvin wasn't sitting closed, there. That that they're going to get approved. Yeah, Bill Galvin okay. wasn't sitting there looking at like, oh, well, what are we going to do with Tabor Mill? My perspective, you know, my perspective is that you know you could change the locations. Put a put a, a voting location into a so th- that frees up space in the Tabor Mills apartment. But then you have the problem of the people on the west side of 3D having to travel uh, to a denser area uh, to vote. So so it's it's a, basically a game of whack-a-mole. Um, it, it ultimately. Um, so but you know right now I think the the the, the discussions are really involving. And I talked to uh, Manny DeBrito, talked to him at length today. Um, and I talked to uh, Maria Jessa, the Ward 2 city councilor, whose folks who heard Ward, one of her precincts, vote in Tabor Mills. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the short-term fix, uh, the things that are being discussed, discussed now, is involves early voting. Having, having the Tabor Mills voting location be an early voting location before um uh, election day. Well, it's good of you to get involved in this because it's entirely up to them and it's entirely within their power to change this. And um, I think you're just helping it along, you know, just using your abilities as someone who's just, you know, experienced and, and competent uh, to, to help uh, get this done. Look, it, it's, it's, I, I again, I, I don't think pointing fingers um, right, the- is a way to go. Um, the, the, the city and, and Manny DeBrito had a very short amount of time um to make these decisions so so ultimately you know it's it's a difficult process and and, and you know the, the the folks who live in Tabor Mill when you say a short are, amount of time what what does that mean well because it, it was later than usual the, the process of redistricting so once we had the legislative lines drawn they only had a couple weeks or so to get those precincts drawn and ready for the next voting uh, cycle Okay. Along with the, the polling locations they're in. So, but since then, have you been able to rectify it? If there was a place in 2A to put a, a polling place, you could solve this by putting a polling place in 2A and, and making Tabor Mills the, the polling location for 3D, which is where it is. Um, but then again, that, that would create inconveniences for a whole swarm of people in 3D. So I see the hesitancy to do something like that. Um, but at no point was it not their responsibility to do it. Say that again? At no point. So in other words, what, what we're dealing with here is a confusion of facts laid out by DeBretto that it wasn't his issue. I, I, again, I can't speak to what was said in the past or who said what. Um, but I will say that it's up to the city to decide the precinct lines and the the, the voting locations. And then that, those decisions have to be approved by the Secretary of State. So moving on to, to what you guys are talking about, um, trying to get done, what you want to do, what you think will be a good compromise, is to make Tabor Mill an early voting location so that the people that live there, you know, at their convenience early before the election... Yeah, the, the can go downstairs have, and vote. I have had the preliminary discussions um, centered around getting that location to be an early voting location, as city as the library is downtown in the first two weeks before an election. Okay. So, so I, I don't know if that's going to be over a number of days or just one day. 
Um, but certainly I think that would take – and you know what? i got to say I'm grateful. If we didn't have a special election this year, we wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be talking about this issue the yeah. way we are. Um, Thanks so again. Thank Hugh thank Dunn. You. Thanks to Hugh Dunn. So anyway, you know, Hugh Dunn is just the, – the, the work he's done for the city is <laughs> – this issue has just been remarkable, but um, so you know, you know, you know. So thankfully, it's on our radar now, um, and hopefully, come you know the uh, in November and then subsequently next year, we won't have uh, this won't be a problem at all. Um, but I, but the preliminary discussions, which I you know certainly would would agree with, and I think is a good idea, is getting um, early voting expanded a bit uh, to not only include the downtown location, but making Tabor Mills. Um, an early voting location, wherein those folks who live there, and it's a lot of people, it's about 200 people, would mm-hmm. be able to vote um, in their own building. And that was, you know, I worked on that. I worked on a Ward 3 campaign. He was a successful one. That was a key area that's um, a key area of focus because a lot of people did turn out because of the convenience and because, I mean, frankly, our seniors are more civically engaged in municipal elections. And there so, are right, people there seniors, with disabilities. Folks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like Chris said, you have disabled folks who live there. So, um, so it was certainly an excellent spot to have a location, especially for those who live there. Um, you have other options too. I mean, I mean, the the the, the most far fetched idea is to change the precinct lines, which I don't, quite frankly, I don't see happening. With that, you would need, um, you know, the elections commission to redraw the lines. We would have to file a home rule petition, and that would have to go through the legislative process. I don't see that happening, and I, I don't think that should happen. Or you could just add and switch around the polling locations themselves. According to the state law, you only need um, a con- place that's convenient and accessible um, in the precinct or an adjacent precinct, and it has to be done 20 days before an election. So um, there's a lot of freedom as far as where the polling locations can go. Um, I think that's an option, too, uh, if you want to um, do that in conjunction with putting Taba Mills as an early voting location. So uh, we're speaking with Rep. Uh, Chris Hendricks. Sounds like there's a lot of good options on the table with that. And uh, we appreciate your leadership on it. I know, I know the people in Tabor Mill appreciate your leadership on that um, and, and stepping in where the city, you know, I guess had some gaps in knowledge that you were able to fill. Um, yeah, and, 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 and as I said, I, I spoke to Manny today, and, and, and he, you know, they, you know, there was a good faith effort made at getting transportation. There was transportation provided to that facility. Um, you know, there there was proper notice about absentee va- voting and mail-in voting and early voting. Um, so, you know, there was certainly an effort made uh, to, to make it to make those folks aware that, you know, of, of the new location and, and what they would have to do if they wanted to vote in person. So, Chris, um, I wanted to uh, uh, I wanted to move on to a, a different topic. You were quoted in my uh, article today on WBSM.com. Uh, Councilor Burgo put forward a rent stabilization ballot question, <clears throat> and uh, you had talked about um, all, all options on housing being, uh, you know, uh, up for discussion, um, given how dire the situation is. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Right. So the the, the ballot initiative, I think, is uh, would be a non-binding, yes. um, you know, advisory type, uh, take the temperature type effort. Um, which I think is that, you know, I think it's smart. I think it's wise. It's, it could do no harm and no good, quite frankly, other than um, shedding more light on how the people feel about this issue. Um, rent stabilization, I think, rent control, whatever you want to call it, um, is certainly one of the many options we should be at least looking at, um, given the, the, the state of housing um, in New Bedford and the fact that it could possibly get even worse with the MBTA stations coming in. 
Um, you know, there's a number of things aside from uh, rent stabilization. And as you know, I, it's, it's, it's not saying that a landlord has to charge below X amount of dollars. That's not what this measure would be. The rent stabilization measures being talked about at the state house and being talked at talked about in the city level have to do with the amount percentages of the increases you can a landlord can do between each term, whether it's month to month or um, a, a year lease. So, Chris, let me ask you a question. And you're an attorney, as people at home know, and a good one at that. Um, if you're a landlord right now and you see this on the horizon. Wouldn't the because there's no regulations right now what you can charge? Doesn't it make the most sense right now as a landlord to jack the rent up as high as possible, and maybe do a cash back option to your, to your clientele right now, so that when Burgos Amendment does finally get passed, because obviously people are going to vote for less rent, and if you guys go forward, you'll have nowhere to go back. So wouldn't it make the most sense right now to raise your rent right now while there's no um, there's no regulations? So you have a, well, a nice cushion. Well, I mean, in theory, perhaps, but then you would be subject to the, you know, the, the market itself. You no, know, no I get that. Well, you know, I, I get in, that. In, no, no, I believe me, I get that. in there if they can't afford it, you know. Right. Um, I get what you're saying, like, you know, to, for landlords to get ahead of this issue and right. start, you know, raising their rents tenth incrementally over the next couple of years. Right. Oh, well, no, right away. Um, well, right away. But, um, get a you cushion. Know, again, they would be subject to the New Bedford market. And right now, people can't afford rents as, as they already are right. um, for the most part, especially folks getting into new places. You know, th- th- that's that's one of the difficult um, pieces. It, it, and that's why I'm absolutely 110% for the tenant protection that allows, um, that mandates that landlords allow tenants to spread the upfront costs over the first six months of a tenancy. I, I sponsored a bill at the state house filed by Representative Dave Rogers um, that w- that has that provision, among other things. But I think that's something that's practical. I think that would have um, – it would still get people into apartments. It still gets put money in landlords' pockets. Um, and as you know, you know, people, especially low-income folks, you know, moving into a new apartment have first, last, and security. Correct. That's usually the biggest barrier for people moving into a new place. Right. So being able to alleviate that pressure and allowing them to spread that out over the first six months of a, of a year lease, I think is, is certainly something we should uh, consider. Now, Chris, help me out, but is that prohibited right now? Not, it's it's not mandated. No, no, so, no, is that, is a that? A landlord could say that. A landlord on his own you know, in his or her own volition could say, you know, we, we can spread that, spread out your upfront costs. Okay. But rarely have I heard of landlords doing that. Okay. So we're speaking with uh, Representative Chris Hendricks. Um, so, Chris, uh, I'm glad you uh, brought some clarity to the, the whole Tabor Mills fiasco. Um, and it looks like there's some good resolutions that are on the table. Uh, and uh, is there anything else that, you know, you're working on up at the State House that you want to talk about? You know, uh, how, you know, the, um, do you know the progression of your uh, health care bill yet? Uh, we don't yet. We, we don't have any movement on that yet. Um, I haven't checked if it's assigned to a committee. I'm sure it, uh, if it hasn't, it will be in the next couple of days. Um, this, uh, uh, being on the housing committee, obviously the stuff we just talked about is going to be um, a big issue this coming session, uh, right. giving the state of the housing market and the renter's market. Um, the governor's budget um, you know, has some tax cuts for renters and seniors, which I think um, is certainly going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's uh, another measure that we should be considering in the House once we, uh, you know, finalize our budget. Um, but certainly housing issues uh, is going to be a big, big uh, issue this session. 
Representative Chris Hendricks, we, we appreciate you joining this this evening, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. That was Rep. Chris Hendricks. We've got to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. 1420 WBSM. Marcus, um, so I want to appreciate you know, Chris, Chris Hendricks, representative. I, I appreciate his leadership on this because we heard from city councilors, the city council president, right. the elections commission, that this is all in the state. And right. it feels like something that you, if you worked in a municipal government at a rudimentary level, should know what your job is. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Uh, apparently, they were saying, oh, we'll call your delegation. It's on them. We're going to work together. So I right. guess do something to lobby the delegation. And then apparently it wasn't on them at all. It's kind of, um, and, and you know, we talked about this and some people have said Marcus you put it the right way was it a lie or was it a complete error of fact either way it's bad on you the lies a more charitable interpretation right. of of what happened it's like oh you realized you messed up and you just you know you're trying to get away with it rather right. than you don't know what you're doing at all and you're running the elections yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And we wonder why no one goes to vote anymore. Well, doesn't this have an impact on turnout? Because isn't wasn't Tabor Mills turnout in, in significantly less because of that polling uh, that polling place error? And shouldn't the elections office know that Tabor Mill has generally been a fairly high turnout area in terms of as far as you know high turnout municipal elections go? So shouldn't the mayor's appointee on the elect appointees on the election boards know what the hell they're doing? Yes, and I and I look. I served in the in the, in the army with one of those gentlemen. I, I hate to say it, but for the love of God, wake up and do your job. Yeah, we we are having we are losing democracy in New Bedford because people are not going to vote. What else is there, Marcus? If people stop voting, and then the people that do go to vote, it's apparently been made harder in certain circumstances, significantly more difficult yeah. to the point where they're obviously not going. Mm-hmm. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, guys. I got three items tonight. First, sure. South End Youth Athletic Association and the Bronco Little League. Hats off to them. Last night, we heard Jared Schuster, starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, right I, out of New Bedford. I watched it. It was good. Real good. Yeah. My brother down in Mississippi told me about the guy about two years ago. Uh, he was in the farm club for Atlanta down there, and uh, he was coming up. It's pretty so cool. Let's hope he get hope he gets a contract. And yeah. uh, that'd be that'd be something. Another uh, tip of the hat to the South End Youth Athletic Association for that one. And they they must have said his hometown of New Bedford about twenty five times last night on Nesson. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, we, we we get notoriety anywhere we can get it. Yes, second of course. thing, city council order to the election commission to ensure that that polling place at Tabor Mill be open for a period of three days minimum so that they can do the early voting. Yeah. And according to uh, the, the representative you just had on, that seems to be the immediate solution. Long-term is another phenomenon. If the city is, is in charge of, of redistricting the, the lines or the precinct lines, then there's got to be a little better work uh, regarding <laughs> that facility. I know I ran nine times at large, and I always relied on, on that particular place to at least keep me competitive in those races. Yep. Yes. Many of them I lost, but <laughs> the idea was to try to be competitive, and you needed to have Tabor Mill. And there were always, always uh, uh, interested people there. Yes. So that what's, what's happened to them now, I heard that about two months ago, and I said, why would they do that? Not realizing they were putting people in Precinct 2 to be allowed to vote there? That, 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 that's insane. It's absurd. 
It's absurd. Yeah. It's an insult. It's confusing. When you when you you know when you're a, when you're a voter, um, you 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 by law you can you you're supposed to make it as easy as possible mm-hmm. for right. people. This is outrageous, really. Yeah. Third thing, stabilization. Chris, you hit it right on the head. To come out with this without some type of provision for a, a beginning timeline prior to coming out, that that would be part of the measurement in the event that it passed, right. just leaves it wide open for the landlords to do exactly what you said. That, to me, is a big mistake. And I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek, but my rent just went up again, and I don't eat on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh-huh. It's like that. <laughs> so the idea is... This whole thing is going to get out of hand, and we've talked about it before. There's going to be hundreds upon hundreds of people looking for another place to live, yes. and that that's going to hit us shortly. And I, I don't know what the answer is, but certainly the stabilization piece isn't it at the present time, in my opinion. Look, the other the other piece too, too, and I appreciate you recognizing that because it's you know with a little bit of thought, that's all you have to do is 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 think. What are the landlords, how are they going to react? Um, one of the other things is I'm assuming there's going to be some provision in there that if the building is sold, you'll have an opportunity to reevaluate the rents, all that other stuff. It's very yeah, easy I just mean, to a paper I mean, transaction to move yeah, a building I mean, into another set of ownership. So yeah, A lot of this concept uh, comes out of the 1960s. That's when they were starting uh, to produce cooperatives and stuff like that. And some of them worked, some of them didn't. Right. Uh, rent control in some areas worked, some places it didn't. Uh, here, because of the confluence of, of, of situation between the train coming, the way the economy is, and the number of people like myself that are on fixed income, we got no shot unless we get some type of subsidy. Right. And uh, it, it just, it's going to come upon us real quick, and, and it's going to cause a lot, a lot of displacement. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is, but but we've got to think outside the box on this one for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate it. Yep, yeah. Bye. All right, we're going to take this break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. 1420 WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Transitioning out of the military, it's difficult. Just about everything around you changes. I would get phone calls that brothers were dying. Some of them to suicide. And I'd found myself in another cold cemetery. And I started to wonder if I was next. It's a struggle to know that you're facing challenges, but not be ready to face them. Sleep doesn't come easy. And when it comes, it doesn't last long. You're tired all the time. I didn't reach out for that help, but thank God my wife did. She got me registered for Wounded Warrior Project talking to somebody that would listen to me and understood my story helped me realize that it was time to change there's a new fight there's a new mission and that's something i am eternally grateful for see how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma wbsm isn't just a broadcast it's also a podcast Get all of our podcasts at WBSM.com, the WBSM app, or just search WBSM on your favorite podcast provider. Hey. What's up, Chris? So, Marcus, um, I think we're going to have a robust discussion on um, rent stabilization, rent control. We'll we'll have to figure out what what we're going to call it, even though they're... um, 
identical terms. I just um, well, what Councilor Burgo said was um, rent control is a hard cap on a dollar amount, and rent stabilization is uh, allows for an increase, but added the caps on the percentage. It's but it ultimately ends at a a dollar amount, and it's it's who controls it? the property, right? What do you mean it ultimately ends at a dollar amount? In other words, I get it. It's One's a percentage, one's a, one's a fixed dollar figure. Yeah, one's saying you can't have it above $1,100, let's say. But right. one's saying you could, right. just you can't raise it above 10%. Right. 11, in, in other 20%. words, it, it all comes down to the government fixing the price. Or, f- yeah, fixing the, the, the percentage that you can raise it. The price. Yeah. The different schemes by which you fix the price. Sure. Right? But it's all ultimately the government controls the price at which you can mm-hmm. sell your goods at. Yeah, to prevent gouging. So it's it's semantics. If if you're the owner of the property, you probably do not want the government telling you how much you can charge. Yeah. Um. And I would I would imagine that what most people who own the property, if you're the renter, you may not want. You know the rents raised for some arbitrary reason that you you know beyond what you can afford. Well, if you can't afford it, you're no longer the renter. Mm. So you're no longer in the equation. But now, like fewer people, fewer and fewer people can afford it. Look, I, I get that, but the answer is not to put it on the private property owner. Okay. To subsidize the lifestyle of someone else. It's not really subsidizing the lifestyle of somebody uh, of of somebody else if they're raising you know they if they have a control of the market and they're raising the no prices. No one individual has a control of the market. Mm. You're, you're making it look, but I, I explain to me how one person can have a monopoly. I mean, on the I real think there's probably Bedford. a. You don't think that one person can have a, a monopoly not, on not a monopoly, not a, yes. not, not a monopoly, but well, own what, a significant amount of properties. I, I know that Nothing people can happens. own a significant amount of property. How many okay. units of housing do you think are in New Bedford? I wouldn't expect you to know. I don't know either. No, I don't know. But it's tens of thousands, right? Sure. No one person owns more than ten thousand units of housing in New Bedford. No, no, not one. No one person owns more than ten thousand units of housing in New Bedford. But it's probably a few that own a few thousand. Uh, units of housing in Correct. Yeah. But do we have any evidence that they're working in concert to raise rents together at, in Monopoly? No, we fashion? don't have any evidence that they're working together to raise rents in concert together. But the 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 matter the fact of the matter is is since there is a supply and demand issue, they're able to raise the rents, and it's becoming untenable for people who live in New Bedford to continue to live in New Bedford. So, so I get that, Mark. Mark, I do. My my point is that this is not a l- realistic answer. In fact, it's a very cruel hoax because you're putting something on the ballot to tell people that they're going to have a say in this when they are not. And you know that, Marcus. This is not a realistic situation. Just because you vote for something does not mean it comes true. And if you tell people you can vote to lower your rent when you really can't, you really can't. Well, well what he's saying is, do you, think we, can, hoax. Do you think we should try to do this? Try to do so. Marcus, you might as well put on the ballot, we'll give you all $30,000 income subsidies. But you know we're not um, going to do that. Well, I think one's probably uh, more realistic than the other. We have, we do have a, uh, mm, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take, let's actually, if you, let's take the break and then we'll take that call. Okay. 14. Hello. Hey, good evening. Good evening. Hey, what's up? Not much. Are you guys talking about rent control, huh? Yes, sir. So uh, I'm a little bit curious about this uh, preference towards a uh, 
a term to describe this operation as uh, stabilization uh, right. versus control. Apparently, right. the element of distinction being percentage versus a numerical amount. Yes. So well, distinction and stabilization also sounds more palatable. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like a re-education that. camp as opposed to a concentration camp. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's just what it is. Because right. you're controlling by uh, amount, a uh, numerical amount, or you're controlling by a numerical percentage. Correct. It's six of one and a half, half dozen of another. Right. Why not just call it rent control? Well, because so you're controlling either way. Correct. It, that's that's the point. The government is seizing well, control of assets. Why don't you use the term I want instead of the term you want? That's that's, that's <laughs> politics, right? Why don't right. you say this? Oh, Why doesn't President Obama say radical Islamic yeah. extremism? It's all it's all branding, right? This, this, this reminds me of the woman who uh, put her girl out to a protest outside the high school and said uh, the term hate would be defined by whatever her daughter said it was, as opposed to actually what it was in the dictionary. So the words that we use these days have the meaning that we decide to give to them. Uh, to me, that, that makes for uh, It a makes difficult... for a difficult conversation about a serious topic. What, what I'm saying is that rather than getting caught up in the semantics of it, at the end of the day, private assets are going to be controlled by local government officials if they get their way. Not because they bought them, but because they passed a rule and they seized control of your, of your assets. It's, it's remarkable, and it will never okay. pass as long as okay. the, so, the so American where people has, Where has rent control worked in the past? It doesn't. It does not work. What, what t- one town? Well, I, I I'm not going to name your town, but it, it doesn't work. We haven't had we haven't had it in 30, 40 years. It so. doesn't work. So to say, oh, it hasn't. It, it hasn't. We we there's haven't pre- had it. There's a precinct in Havana that it. works. It works in Havana. It works in. Uh, well, I, I think Nicaragua. I think the, the definition of insanity is is making the same mistake once, getting a wrong getting a, a wrong result, and then doing it again and expecting to get a different result. Correct. We don't so, have But look, results. here's the thing. Councilor Burgo, I, I like him. He, he's trying to try something else, all right? And unfortunately, what he doesn't realize is the history books are full of this lesson already, that we know it doesn't work. Um, it hasn't worked. They tried to pass, and it won't work politically either. That's why I call it a cruel hoax, because it's not a real answer. It's not going to be successful. And his rollout has been terrible. The fact that he didn't even tell the mayor. He should have told the mayor. He absolutely had to tell.